0: New developments in northern Syria. The president ordering all U.S. troops out of the area, about 1,000, according to Defense Secretary Mark Esper. This comes as Turkey presses forward with its offensive against Kurdish fighters. Artel, good afternoon. Major developments this weekend in northern Syria as Turkey does continue
1: its advance. We will divide a terror corridor of 480 kilometers down the middle. We will advance 30.
0: Welcome to the Petty Profit Podcast. This is Joel Berry, and we're doing something a little different today. Uh, This is a milestone for the show. Uh, We're having our first guest interview. It's gonna be a two-parter, both today and tomorrow. And what brought this about was, uh, you know, last week, all through the news, we heard about Trump's decision to pull U.S. troops out of uh, the Kurdish region of northern Iraq. And I think uh, a lot of us, kind of fell into our our own partisan lanes um, in, you know, either coming down against the president or for the president on this. Uh, but frankly, the Middle East and just the entire situation with the Kurds in general is, is a very complicated one. And um, there are no easy answers to this. So I wanted to bring on somebody who had a unique perspective, someone who, you know, wasn't a politician, um, but could really give us an inside look at what life is like over there, what the Kurds are like, and what the what the reality of the situation is. So I'm very excited about this. My guest is his name is Mark Studdard of Ma- of Makari Designs, and. Um, Mark Studdard is uh, related to me. Uh, he is he's married to my brother's wife's sister, so I met him at my brother's wedding a few years back. Uh, we got to talking a little bit, and he does some awesome work. So what he did was he he's an entrepreneur. He started a company so that he would have the freedom to do humanitarian work all around the world, and so that's what he does. He uh, founded Makari Designs, which I will link to in the show notes um it is a furniture company he makes beautiful beautiful uh works of art out of wood and 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 beautiful furniture and uh so i highly recommend you check out his stuff but in his spare time he travels the world and he aids on uh humanitarian missions he and his family and so mark has he has lived among the turks in turkey and he has also spent uh a substantial amount of time living among the kurds and so I wanted to bring him on to lend his unique perspective on what the U.S. is doing uh, with the Kurds, and uh, I really appreciate him taking the time to talk to us. I have split this interview up into two parts, so we'll have part one today, part one or part two tomorrow, and I think it'll be good. So without further ado, my interview with Mark Studdard. I'm here with uh, with Mark Studdard, who is, um, he's related to me. I don't know what the the proper title would be. You are married to my brother's wife's sister? Is that?
1: I don't know if there's an in-law term for that or something. It's like the in second, in-law? <laughs> third in-law removed. Yeah. I don't know what that means.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, yeah. Um, I met you for the first time at uh, my little brother's wedding. And yep. um, I just remember, and what stuck out to me was, this was oh gosh, it would have been what six years ago, maybe, something like that. Uh,
1: that, yeah, it would have been like five or six years, ago five or ago six now. years
0: ago, and we were just kind of making small talk, I think, at the reception. And you mentioned that you were going to be heading to northern Iraq soon, and I think that was, I think that was during probably the height of, you know, what whatever you want to call it, the ISIS kind of reign of terror that we
1: were all hearing about in the media in the States, right? Um, yeah, that would have that would have been right around the time where ISIS was kind of reaching the peak mm-hmm. of their tor- ter- territorial expansion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and I, I remember you telling me that and I just thought holy cow are you cra- are you insane like how you're <laughs> 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 who who wants to go to northern Iraq right now and so I just was I was really amazed by your story and and the the work you're doing um over there and so when I started hearing on the news all the controversy about um Trump pulling our troops out of um that area um And Turkey starting to advance on the Kurds, I, you're the you're the first name that that came to mind, and I I really wanted to get a real, you know, a non pundant, non politically motivated perspective on this, you know, and uh, right, and so, um, so yeah, I guess to to start, tell me just tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into this work? Uh, What did you do over there? Um, all
1: that. Sure. Well, yeah. First, uh, probably the first thing to say is I I don't have any background in, like policy or strategy, so everything I say is kind of like from personal either hearsay or personal experience. Um, but the personal experience comes from uh, my time in northern Iraq when I was working with the Kurdish people. I uh, went over with an organization and I worked in a community center. That uh, had been established in a former refugee camp. This refugee camp was during the uh, was established right after the onfall campaign when Saddam Hussein was gassing and killing Kurds. Wow. Um, and then, so like fast forward fifteen. And so did that think, camp 15 was that years. kind
0: of like a, a safe haven for for the Kurds during that that uh, um, time or
1: the village? No, the village that we were in would not have been like. Uh, a safe haven it would it would have been after the campaign was over and then the of uh the un i guess was came in and kind of established a safe zone and established camps and so oh you know after 15 or 20 years the camp had become a village so it was no longer it no longer looked like a refugee camp It's, it's just a fully established town but that was like the origins okay of where we were living um and so the, yeah, like the Kurd the Kurds have like a huge, huge, uh long history of just being uh abused by everybody. Um and most re, you know more recent memory it would have been Saddam Hussein in Iraq, um, then ISIS. Um but so where I where I come in would be I I came to work at the community center of and I was there As a uh, English teacher uh, to run their English program, Um, everybody wants to learn English in the Middle East. And Mm. so it's a really cool way to kind of break into the culture, break into the community and just kind of open up, uh, open up and be able to reach out to them, give them something that they want and need. English is the Mm -hmm. world trade language. And Um, what,
0: what is the culture in that area? Is it a, would you call it a Christian culture? Is it, um, uh, you know, is, is there a kind of a multi, multi multi-ethnic, uh, you know, multi-religious culture there? Or, um, uh,
1: no, where we were would not have been Christian. It was almost exclusively, uh, Muslim, um, predominantly Muslim, But one of the cool things that intrigued me first about the Kurds was their tolerance of in the Middle East. There's not many countries or people groups that could be described as tolerant. Hmm. And I think the Kurds are because within within their region, they're not they're not a country. I keep on calling it Kurdistan or the Kurdish people, but they're a semi-autonomous region in Iraq. Now, have they they ever been a country?
0: country. (laughs) Um, Like, where do the Kurdish people come from?
1: The uh, they've never been a country, okay. Uh, not since the times of the Assyrian empires, and that's really where their roots go back to. Is oh, they, wow. uh, we'll go back to the Babylonian Assyrian days. Very very long history. Wow. Um. But well, uh, so as, so what I was saying was um, about the their tolerance is within their region. They have Assyrian Christians. Uh, they have Muslims. Um, they have. Of well, there used to be Jewish communities, but then Saddam Hussein pushed those out, Hmm. and all of these all of these cultures are protected and encouraged and allowed within this region.
0: And what would the what would you say their opinion is of Americans? I mean, what did they think of you coming over there? And you know, they you said that they want to learn English. Are a lot of Kurds hoping to you know come to American universities or? Uh, even immigrate to America or what what would you say their their hopes and dreams are there?
1: Uh, so for my for my conversations with the Kurds, and this is one of the reasons I felt safe there, is they absolutely love Americans of uh, despite American government's policy of helping the Kurds, leaving the Kurds, helping the Kurds, leaving the Kurds. <laughs> so this uh, is a
0: pad- this is this has kind of always been the way it is with, with this, our, our as government. far
1: as as far as I have read, this is the way mm-hmm. it's been um, the first Gulf War, we came in, we helped the Kurds, then we abandoned them. Second Gulf War came in. That's when they established their semi-autonomous of uh, z- country zone. Okay. Um, but um, the Kurds themselves absolutely love Americans, and they're, they want they want the Americans to stay. They want to see American. Um, investment come in they they want to go to american universities i -hmm. felt extremely extremely privileged not because of who i was when i first arrived i my reputation was entirely based on the fact that i was american and they welcomed me because of that and also they protected me because of that within the kurdish territory Mm -hmm. Of from this is just hearsay i don't know but that's exact statistics but within the kurdish region of northern iraq there have not been any Americans killed or captured by any terrorist
0: wow did you while you were there did you see any anything that kind of was a little scary or or that made you nervous in terms of you know action close by or um you know forces skirmishing um in in your region
1: um when we arrived uh, like I had said the the of, Dasher, of ISIS high point had been kind of in reach. The Kurds were the first ones to kind of stop the offensive. Okay. And so they'd, they'd established a line and there is no more offenses happening, which is where the, the risky part comes in. Okay. Um, so I never felt unsafe. Uh, the closest any of uh, ISIS attack came was a, a town that was about 45 minutes away. Uh, they launched a fairly large of, uh, terror attack but it was never part of a major offensive so they were not trying to take over the town okay
0: just um, kind of a one-off
1: yeah i mean it kind of sounds crazy like we were about two hour drive from the front line which mm-hmm. you're like whoa but it, it, it it's kind of hard to describe but it was it was never a point where i felt unsafe because at that point the front line had been established um the u.s air force or the the allied air forces had kind of held them to that point and there is no there's no threat of them actually moving beyond there and it was actually starting the Kurds are going on, on the offense pushing them back.
0: Hmm. So okay so you know in Iraq and Syria you had ISIS and the, now in the north you have Turkey so how does how does all this relate really, I mean it really <laughs> the whole th- situation in the history is so it seems so confusing over there because I know that there's this whole other side where turkey has been fighting this faction of kurds for however many decades and there's there's some politics involved there Um, how does all this relate to that is that a completely separate deal
1: no this is all tied together and that's the middle east is a difficult history to explain because it goes back so far Um, when you talk when I talk with the Kurds they will talk about the Ottoman Empire as in like very recent history. This is something that still affects who they are today. They'll talk about the sykes Pico agreement that established Syria, Iraq, Turkey, all these boundaries as a very recent a thing. Like they are very, still very bitter about very fresh in their mind of uh, their, their peoples being split. Um, hmm. just, uh, like the the Kurds themselves are split, the the major groups of them are split between Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. That would be the majority of where the Kurds are. And at that time, uh, they did not receive their own country. So uh, if you could just go back, you know, you go back a hundred years, it's still very recent history to them, and it's still very relevant. Hmm. Uh, and so Turkey um, has kind of. Uh, Establish or are, 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 are setting themselves up again. That you know, I'm not I'm not a policy guy, so take this mm-hmm. all with a grain of salt. But Turkey has set themselves up as a Middle Eastern superpower, kind of against Iran. Like, there's Iran, then there's Turkey, and both of them are vying for um, uh, superiority, the, the power, of the region. superior uh, superiority mm-hmm. in the region. And uh, a lot of that involves the Kurds because they're the they're ones in the middle. And so, the group of Kurds that the Turks do not like are the PKK and they are mm-hmm. according to the United States government a terrorist organization and so they're that's just generally recognized as as terrorist of uh, freedom what fighters is, they call themselves what is their
0: goal are they are they trying to like carve out a section of Turkey for their own um, you know for themselves or what are, what are they trying to accomplish
1: the PKK is trying to uh, I don't know how they originally started but I know now that because of the Kurdish persecution or Kurdish attacks, they just want their own country. I think mm-hmm. at one point that might have been more about we want to we want to say in Turkish government so that uh, we're not unrepresentative, underrepresentative, which they are underrepresentative in Turkey mm-hmm. by you know by by population they have very few representatives, and so now mm-hmm. the PKK is mostly about just fighting for freedom, and the PKK would be, uh. uh Freedom fighters from both from Iraq and from Turkey, but mostly based in the mountains on the border. Uh, they've been pushed out of Turkey and just hide in the mountains. Okay. Um, and so, what Turkey has said is, and this is where did it you squishy. did you
0: interact or or meet with with uh, PKK people while you
1: were there? Not that I know of. Uh, that would okay. uh, I would it's that region very... was definitely off limits to yeah. our group because Turkish airstrikes would happen there fairly fairly frequently wow uh so that, that, the uh, the ter- uh, turkish airstrikes have been going on for a long time along the border and even though they're not supposed to be mo- going into the air uh, iraqi airspace it's it's just kind of been it's been allowed the The iraqi government allows it for very various things that they get back in return
0: hmm.
1: and so what turkey said was of uh, pkk are terrorist. The YPG, there's a whole bunch of acronyms. I don't know them all, but there's a a few. The YPG in Syria allied themselves with the PKK to fight against ISIS. And then Turkey says, if you're an ally or you're even a friend of the PKK, you're also a terrorist. And then they just kind of broadened it to say, all Kurdish people are terrorists. Yikes.
0: that's kind of the that's convenient isn't it it's
1: oversimplified but it's, it's really what yeah. the Turkish government is saying is a people group are terrorists which is extremely dangerous thing to say
0: yeah yeah because that, that
1: opens up all kinds of horrible things
0: absolutely absolutely so it, so I, I'll have a few things I want to ask about that particular issue in a minute but I, I do want to go right. back and and uh just ask a little more about your work over there so f- I guess first of all um I'm curious about what, what was it like for your family, your wife and your kids being there? And then uh, as far as the work goes, um, what did you find most rewarding about it?
1: I, I absolutely love uh, the Kurdish people. I, I know Kristen enjoyed her time there as well. We, we absolutely had an amazing time. Uh, our work the work I remember was so seeing incredibly the, rewarding. The,
0: the countryside there is beautiful. I, I remember seeing pictures, and it's just it's a gorgeous place. Really is
1: the con- yeah the country itself is absolutely stunning. Uh, the landscapes are amazing. The people were so of uh, welcoming and helpful. They they're like they're they're the best picnickers in the world. I learned to picnic from the Kurds. <laughs> they can go and grill and picnic. Like nobody else, that when they when they go out picnic, they will start in the morning and it does not end until late at night. And you just go out with a ton of meat, a ton of food, and you just grill and you cook all day long. Um, It's during a real
0: culture. Sounds like a culture of hospitality.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like their, their hospitality is if you have been accepted into our community they're responsible for you and that's kind mm. of how i felt the entire time i was there they were responsible if for my safety they're responsible for if i was happy or upset about something i all I had to do was ask somebody uh, and they would just go overboard trying to help wow um, so i cannot say enough kind things about them and um, it's really one of the main reasons why i would like to like say something to help them i didn't because mm-hmm. I know how good how good a people they are,
0: so I guess what is your what is your concern um with the latest developments and the troops pulling out Turkey making advances um what what do you i guess what's the worst case scenario there and you know what would you like to say um you know in response to that to anyone who might be listening
1: right um so from what I can read and understand of uh, the, the major concern here is really allowing Turkey to assert itself, um, way beyond what most would recognize as defending itself. Uh, a, the reason that most countries will attack to in, in modern time is they will use it in a way to say, we're defending ourselves of, uh, and the Turks are using the same, um, I'll excuse the same reasoning. They're saying we're moving into this territory not to, we're not trying to extend our country or doing anything other than just defending our border. Um, The concern is how they have justified it. And Like I was saying before, Mm -hmm. they, they said PKK are terrorists, YPG are friends with PKK, therefore YPG are terrorists plus YPG is in this general territory. So we're going to attack and take over the territory. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. their justifications have included an entire people group as terrorist and um, open to attack. And this is already like a, a region that has seen so much war, so much un- instability that mm-hmm. there's just masses of people being pushed out of home. The, the refugee camps are already full and it's, it, it, to me it, it kind of looks like a situation where if, if you allow them a little bit here in syria um they're already turning their eyes towards iraq iraq's already being cut up into pieces of pie iran has a mm-hmm. little piece iraq's trying to keep on their little piece and i think turkey also wants a piece of the iraqi pie like this 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 whole region iraq and syria that is destabilized by isis is being cut up and mm-hmm. uh russia wants their little piece and uh that's that's Really, why I think Turkey's there? They want a piece of the pie. Um, not they're not there to protect themselves, and they have shown what it a mess. by just like you in know the, in the first initial reports have shown absolute carnage that they're causing. They're not going in as a peacekeeping mission; they're going in killing uh, lots of people.
0: Hmm. Man, that's um, that, that's a that's an awful feeling to to. I don't know. There's, there's almost a, I guess for, for people listening, um, is there anything that, that can be done? Is there any way for people still to help? Um, Do we have any infrastructure or presence over there still, or with the troops leaving, do you think that everything is pretty, it's all going to be emptied out?
1: I I was kind of wondering myself about that. I try to do a little research and I mean, maybe since you have a military background, you might be able to weigh in on this more than I can. But mm-hmm. my thought was, why why of all places is Trump pulling out of Syria? because the the american footprint is so small like when you look at the numbers of troops that he's pulling yeah, out it's just versus, a small
0: handful of guys and some equipment really
1: and then um yeah. i tried to look up i tried to look at the casualty rate, right? like you know what, what what's happening to the americans in turkey and from what mm-hmm. i can tell and i mean the, you, the government's probably not going to tell me if the, you know the special forces they're doing of actions but from what they have shown a majority of those guys in there were on more of support and training and um Advisory mm-hmm. roles than their actual combat soldiers, so you can't mm-hmm. find very many casualty, uh at least admitted American casualty reports from Syria, and so yeah, the, you know, I, this, I the didn't, footprint it didn't is strike so me small, the,
0: yeah, the 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 rhetoric of you know fighting endless wars overseas didn't really it, it didn't um resonate with me <laughs> no. when talking about the presence in in Kurds because yeah, it doesn't. The, there's not a, there's not a ton of combat there's not a ton of forces over there and there's and there's plenty of other places around the world where there are substantial levels of American troops and a huge military presence where you know where we could pull back more um, and you, you wonder why of all places he chose to to pull back from the Kurds and and to me you know I guess my hunch with all this is Trump, you know he's he doesn't necessarily <laughs> he doesn't seem to have much of a moral compass i mean he's he's guided <laughs> by i think strengthening the the us economy you know jobs money uh deals and i, I almost wonder if there's some kind of a an economic deal a, a part of this you know that where it was a you know if if you want to um sell american products to us then y- you're going to have to pull your troops out of you know northern iraq i don't know you know what i mean i just no i, it I seems agree i feel like it, there, there doesn't something. seem to be any strategic reason uh, other than maybe there's some kind of business or financial incentive trump Th- is playing there has to be
1: something that was said and if if america didn't get anything out of the deal for turkey then they royally blew it cuz they should have gotten something even mm. though it's a terrible move <laughs> i'm not saying it's right his terrible oh, move yeah. but they really should have got something right? because uh turkey and this doesn't apply to the United States, but Turkey has done this to Europe. Turkey has, I think, mm-hmm. around 3 million is what the, the current number is, about 3 million refugees within their country. And Erdogan has, uh, Erdogan, the the uh, Turkish president, has used them basically as hostages. He says, I'll Wait, keep so these guys. Wait, so
0: they have 3 million Kurd Kurdish refugees uh, No, in there are
1: 3 million. I, I don't know how that actually breaks down, but they're uh, Syrian of any okay. rocky refugees but i don't know how that breaks down into people groups um, uh, okay. but he's used them uh, as as bait or hostages for the european union he says if you don't give me such and such i'm going to release them and they're going to come flooding across your borders and you're gonna have tons more refugees um so he's <laughs> not above playing you know using really dirty deals and so that 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 makes you kind of Mm -hmm. wonder like you know what what exact what deal did he make with the united states we have um we have angelique air force base of in southern turkey which is the one of the larger maybe the largest middle eastern air force base and it might be something along the lines of either we're going to end your contract here um Mm -hmm. or you're going to give us you know northern syria
0: Okay, so that was part one. Sorry, there's really no good place to stop, so I just stopped it. <laughs> but um, if you want to check out Macari Designs, um, Mark recommends you reach out to him on his Facebook. That's M A K A R I Macari Designs on Facebook, and uh, you can find him there. You can see his work. Again, it's, it's good stuff. I recommend it and look forward to bringing you part two of this discussion tomorrow. This is Joel Berry. For the Petty Profit Podcast, as always, you can reach out to me on my website or at contact at thepettyprofit.com. Thanks a lot. Talk to you tomorrow.